In the following live session recording, Sandra Sarder, trainer and consultant for Opt for Success in Cleveland, Georgia, talks about are you writing right? Many things may be changing in today's technological world, but a support office professional who wants to be considered a professional will make it a matter of utmost importance to be a skillful writer. As a ministry assistant, you want to make the best possible impression for your pastor or supervisor, your church or organization, yourself, and for Christ. Let's join Sandra now. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on so that you'll uh, understand some changes that you're going to start hearing. Um, Lifeway Christian Resources has always had training available for ministry assistants. Um, <clears throat> I served as the ministry assistant specialist for uh, 15 years, and they, I was a contract worker, and in uh, 2015, they cut out all contract workers at Lifeway, and so uh, I was no longer the ministry assistant specialist by contract. But Lifeway kept their training programs, which one of that was called, originally called certification. It is no longer called that because Lifeway said they could not certify, <laughs> they could not certify ministry assistance because they think of it in terms of like certifying a car, a used car. We never could make them understand there's a little bit of a difference, but we won't go there. But uh, <clears throat> any rate, their legal department did not like that classification. So we changed it to uh, professional training for ministry assistance and uh, did not call it certification for the last uh, two or three years that's the reference to it however there's another change that's been made and that and I, w I remained the contact person when people requested it we still did it just like you know Lifeway was still really offering it and of course they owned all of the the materials and that type of thing and so uh, this May they contacted me and said that they were no longer going to offer any type of ministry assistant training at all, period. And uh, so uh, they were giving me permission to take my materials and use them without, with LifeWay's blessing, so to speak. And so uh, I am in the process of trying to form uh, an, I, I don't want to call it an organization, a ministry, I guess you would say. Uh, to keep that training out here because I don't know of any other training anywhere. And so Jane Barrett, who is in uh, Alabama, and I have been training for LifeWay for years, and we are going to try to continue this training under the name of Opt for Success, which means Office Professional Training for Success. And <clears throat> so we're in the process of getting all of these changes made and so what you'll see from now on won't say anything about Lifeway or anything like that. It will say Opt for Success. So when you see Opt for Success, that's Jane and myself and we'll, we'll be available to come. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to try to get all of that information in out. But this is just something that's we're <clears throat> We've just had these few months to get to work on it, and we've both been working on conferences that we already had set up. So uh, you'll be hearing that, and um, we just have a heart for ministry assistance. I mean, that's what we've done for our careers, and uh, we were just fortunate enough to be asked by Lifeway years ago to do training for them, and so it's it's just something that's still very much part of what we like to do. So that's a long way of saying, Denise, that what you will see now will be Opt Seminar. That's what it will be called. But it is what, and I've got to get all of this to GBAMA. They're, they're waiting patiently for me to get it all lined up for them. But the whole uh, thing has changed. It used to be that you took 18 hours of training and then you took an exam, and uh, you had to pass. You had to to pass the exam to get a certificate of completion, is what it eventually became called, rather than being certified. And <clears throat> and so, Jane and I have reduced that. We've cut out some things. We've 
through the years what we've heard from ministry assistants is three days that took three days and I just don't have three days to be away from the office so we've got this reduced down to where it can be done in 14 hours two pretty long days or uh, at least two and a half but two two good days you can get it done and we've reduced it to um, to our done it into seven what we call seven modules and the modules are now y'all have to bear with me as I try to remember the the overall title of the course is going to be every ministry office every ministry office professional should know that's how the, the main title goes and I'm sorry I don't have anything to show you for that but <clears throat> then our seven modules is she should know what her church and denomination uh, no she should know how her church and denomination were formed she should know uh, about uh, uh, she should use her leadership skill leadership and organizational skills uh, for uh, the work in the church office she should uh, uh, I forgot what what we titled it, ministration, but it basically it basically comes down. Let me just say this: it basically comes down to your church and denomination, leadership and organization skills, administrative skills, communication skills, financial management for the church office, um, ministry, what the church ministry assistant does as far as ministry is concerned in the church and then the last module is knowing yourself learning about yourself understanding yourself come on in and so um we'll be trying to get this out we'll be getting it out we'll be asking gbama if they won't put out you know information for us so those of you who sign on to gbama you'll be able to see it through g through gbama i'm going to hopefully get Georgia Baptist to get some things out. I sure would love if I could get an input into Florida to get that training that we used to do a lot in Florida. And um, I don't know if any of y'all remember Roy Saint. I worked with him with training for years. And then Florida stopped it totally, stopped all training for ministry assistants. And that's been several years now. And I just think that was a big mistake for Florida. but. They didn't ask my opinion, so uh, that's what it is. But this is what's going to be taking place. There's still going to be training out there for ministry assistants. And Jane and I'm just going to be revamping everything, revising all of the materials that we've been using through the years for LifeWay, getting it sort of updated and switched out and changed. But we'll be doing a multitude of training opportunities. And what you'll be hearing in these four sessions is just a, sort of an example of what we will be doing uh, through Opt for Success, okay? Uh, and even though it says Georgia in the title, we'll take Florida folks too. Okay, thank That's you. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so that just gives you a little idea of what's going on. Um, it, it, I'm disheartened by the fact that LifeWay has decided to not offer the training, but that's one of those things I can't do anything about. But I do feel like God has uh, opened a door so that ministry assistants don't have to not have training offered for you anymore. So, um, and a lot of hoops that had to be jumped through for LifeWay won't have to be jumped through for Sandra and Jane. So that's, that's a lot of cause. Um, we're we're going to be willing to work with any group of ministry assistants to make it work. We'll do what we can. She's in Alabama. I'm in Georgia. We'll we're gonna we're gonna try to make it work. So that's what that's all about. Any, any did I make that as clear as mud? Y'all bear with me. Uh, I told my husband I am brain dead. So. Um, Y'all just, you know, knock me on the brain if what I say doesn't make sense. Because I was at First Baptist Jonesboro for Go Georgia last Friday and Saturday. 
came home to do what you have to do, you know, it's Sunday for church, and got up early Monday morning and drove to Clinton, Mississippi, and I've been teaching there all the way till noon yesterday, and we drove to Columbus, spent the night, finished the rest of the trip to here today. So, uh, I, when he woke me up this morning, I said, I don't want to get up. No. So, uh, but y'all have already invigorated me just coming into the room and seeing your smiling faces because... Do you need to record? He's, he's got it turned on recording. He's got everything. They know me. I don't ever remember to turn anything on or off. So they just bring it in already on and then they come turn it off sometimes. They love to hear what I say after I'm not teaching or before. Because... You know, I just say. <laughs> I don't say anything ugly, but they just know they're going to hear all a lot of stuff. Okay, Are You Writing Right is the title of this, and basically what we're going to be talking about is um, business English. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I, I, I love grammar, I love English, and I have been totally, the one thing that irritates me the most are grammatical errors that that are made that are not necessary and it bothers me that schools are not teaching it like they used to and it bothers me that people think because we now text and use Instagram and social media and all of that that the grammar rules are no longer important we don't have to do that anymore they are folks if we're not careful we're going to lose a language, and that's that just the whole idea just really concerns me. And so I'm kind of like this one woman crusader to try to keep us where we will understand and use grammar. I want people, when they see your work, they know it's correct. And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we're going to start with things that we've learned through the years. We've known for years. They've been that way forever. They will probably stay that way forever. We're going to talk about some things that have been that way for years but have changed. We're going to talk about some things that have been that way forever, changed, then went back to the way where they were forever. And then we're going to talk about some things that have changed recently and maybe need to you. Okay? So let's start out. You have to start out with the very... Uh, rudimentary uh, learning things and to me that comes back to number one capitalization I see this mistake more than anything else so let's go to right back to the heart of it the function of capitalization is to give importance emphasis or distinction to words before you learn the basic rules of capitalization there are a couple of rules that we have to keep in mind and these are the ones that we've either forgotten or they have not been taught to us and that is that we capitalize the nouns that name specific persons places and things and they are called proper nouns so if <clears throat> I gave you some examples there if my doctor's name is Dr. Chapman I can capitalize that if I talk about the Mississippi River, I capitalize that. If I say Good News Baptist Church, I capitalize that. Okay. But we do not capitalize nouns that refer to general persons, places, and things. And they are called common nouns. <clears throat> so, as... You do not need to confuse a general term of classification with a formal name. Now, I put in the handouts here, the Greenville-Spartanburg International Airport. That's the airport in Greenville, South Carolina. We in Georgia might say the Atlanta Airport. If we say the Atlanta Airport, what airport are we referring to? We're talking about the Hartsville-Jackson International Airport. Well, that's a very long name. And so most people just say the Atlanta Airport. But if I just say the Atlanta Airport, I'm not going to capitalize airport because that's not its real name. Okay? Uh, if I say the U.S. Postal Service, then I'm going to capitalize that. 
But if I say I'm going to the post office, I don't capitalize post office because it's the building. Okay. I do not. You do not capitalize the names of programs, movements, or concepts when used in general terms. We refer to the Social Security Administration. We capitalize it. That is their name. But if you say you get Social Security benefits, you do not capitalize that. We capitalize Medicare Act because that is a legal act. But if you say you get Medicare payments, you do not capitalize Medicare. If we say the Civil Rights Act, we capitalize all of that because, again, that's a legal thing. But if we say the Civil Rights Movement, we don't capitalize it because it's, a, it's just a common terminology for things that we're trying to correct. <clears throat> Biblical terminology. We capitalize gospel only when it refers to one of the four gospels. Okay? It seems everybody wants to capitalize gospel, but it is not capitalized. We do not capitalize the words heaven, hell, or Hades, but we do capitalize the words Satan and the devil if we are referring to Satan, okay? <clears throat> now, if we say the devil is in the details, we're not going to capitalize devil. But if we're referring to Satan, we're going to capitalize because that's a, that gives you... Uh, you know who you're talking about then. Uh, just want to show you a um, little example here because I get them all the time. There are a lot of them here, but this is the one I want you to see where gospel is capitalized. Just talking about the gospel. This is the type of thing that you don't want people to see in, in print for you. Now, you're going to have many translations, biblical translations now. Uh, some what I like, for instance, what I just told you about the devil. Many translations never capitalize the devil, even when they're referring to Satan. If that's the way they do it, and you're using their translation, you type it just the way they do it. And this is a sidebar. You always put the translation. Anytime you do uh, a, a biblical quote, you put the translation. That's an absolute must so that people understand what translation you're reading from and that it's not a mistake you have made. Okay? You capitalize Bible and the words that refer to the Bible are its parts, but you lowercase adjectives derived from names for the Bible. And I just gave you some examples there, so we won't go over those. Celestial bodies. We capitalize the names of planets like Mars and Venus, constellations like the Milky Way, and stars like the North Star. But we do not capitalize sun, moon, and earth unless they're used in connection with the capitalized names of other planets or stars. In other words, if they're all listed, we capitalize all of them. But if I say, it's always a great day when the sun is shining, I don't capitalize sun. If I say, my daughter is studying the orbits of Mars and Earth, I will capitalize Earth because I have used Mars. Everybody hanging with me here? But if I say, I would go to the ends of the Earth to reach people for Christ, I don't capitalize Earth. Now, the question I always get asked is, is why is that? I don't know. It's just the way the English language was written that I'm assuming because we are talking about our own planet, we do not capitalize it. Church and denominational terminology. Church is not capitalized unless it is the name of a local congregation or denomination. And I tried to show you in one sentence how it's done. Hallelujah Baptist Church is the name of my church. Okay? All the redeemed are sometimes referred to as the church. Now, I see that one a lot, and church is capitalized. It is not, it is not proper to capitalize it. It should not be capitalized. 
Sunday School is a program of the Baptist denomination and is capitalized. Now, your computer doesn't know that. It's not Baptist. In case y'all haven't figured that one out. So, it's going to say, oh no, she wants a... If that's got to be a lowercase s. So you just have to go back and say, no, 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 since you're not Baptist, I'm going to capitalize this again for you, okay? But Sunday school is capitalized. Age groups. Capitalize the names of the four age divisions recommended for use in Southern Baptist churches. Adult division, youth division, children's division, preschool division. Capitalize the names of Sunday school, discipleship training, and music ministry and the age group divisions thereof. And I just gave you some examples there. Do not capitalize adults, youth, children, and preschool when used with words for leaders like director, teacher. I mean, if you say youth director or children's teacher, you don't capitalize either of those, okay? Or for their components, class. If you say it's a youth class or it's a children's class, you don't capitalize. Um, unless the name of the church program organization is used or unless the term is part of an official title of a specific component in the church. And I just again gave you some examples there, but let me look let me just tell you to look at the one that says the adult choir. Now do you, you see that I capitalize adult choir? We would have capitalized adult choir if that is the official name of our choir. But if we're just referring to uh, the adult choir of the church and that's just all there is, it's going to be lowercase. But if you were doing a poster, for instance, for Christmas, they're going to do a cantata and you'll say whatever presented by the adult choir. Then, of course, you're going to capitalize it. Do not capitalize the names of the four age divisions when they refer to a person or persons of that age group. And these were actual things that I have seen where it was capitalized and shouldn't have. Many adults are seeking new vocational opportunities. You don't capitalize adults. That's a general term, term there. The youth of our culture are under tremendous peer pressure. You don't capitalize youth because it's a general term, okay? Do not capitalize names for the four age divisions when they refer to professional or job titles. If I say, and I, this is where I always get into trouble, but this is the way it's supposed to be. If I say he is the minister of youth at Calvary Baptist Church, I do not capitalize minister of youth. Okay? Now, naturally, if the minister of youth writes a letter and you do the, the closing, and you give his name, and underneath it you say Minister of Youth, you are going to capitalize that. But if you make a sentence like I have there, you do not capitalize it. The same is true with she's the adult coordinator in our Sunday school. Names of organizations. Ordinarily words such as <coughs> class, council, committee, department, division, etc., are capitalized only when they are part of the name of a specific organization. Joy Class of First Baptist Church, I capitalized that. <coughs> Why? That's the name of the class. This particular Sunday school class decided to name themselves the Joy Class, okay? So you would capitalize it. Capitalize the official names of the agencies and committees of the Southern Baptist Convention and also capitalize the words board, commission, or committee when the word is used to refer to a specific board, commission, or committee of the convention. Capitalize the word the preceding the name only if it is part of the organization's <coughs> legal title. So see, if I said the joy class of First Baptist Church, I'm not going to capitalize the because it's not, a, it's not a form of their title or their name. Computer terminology. <clears throat> the capitalized term internet refers to the established global system of linked computer networks. The lowercase term internet is used to refer to a collection of local area networks that may or may not be linked to the internet. 
Just something for you just think about when you use that word or see that word. If it's capitalized, that refers to the entire worldwide internet. Course titles, subjects, or academic degrees. You capitalize the names of specific course titles, but not subjects or areas of study. If you were taking a class that was entitled World Geography 101, you're going to capitalize it. But if you said you were studying American history, you're not going to capitalize history. You're studying American history. If you say you're studying computer science, you're not going to capitalize computer science. It's just a common wordage there. Academic degrees are not capitalized when used as general terms of classification. Bachelor of Arts degree, bachelor's degree, doctorate, master's degree, all of them are lowercase. <clears throat> However, degrees are capitalized when they follow a person's name. So if I say Jane Doe, Doctor of Philosophy, then that rule changes. You capitalize that. Do not capitalize the words freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. If referring to grade levels, capitalize the word grade only when a number follows. But when a number precedes it, uh, you it would be lowercase. So if you said grade two, you're going to capitalize. If you say second grade, you don't. Direction. And this is the one I see all the time, misused. Capitalize points of the compass only if you mean geographic region, the west, the northeast, the south, and so forth. But if you mean direction, use small letters, like east on the boulevard. Hyphenated words. Within a sentence, Capitalize only those elements of hyphenated words that are proper nouns or proper adjectives. I just gave you some examples there. Email up to date, English speaking. At the beginning of a sentence, you capitalize the first element in the hyphenated word, but not the other elements unless they are proper <coughs> nouns or proper adjectives. So again, email up to date, English speaking still remain. Uh, basically the same except that you're capitalizing that first letter of the sentence. In a heading or title, you capitalize all the elements except articles, short prepositions, and short conjunctions. So you see that if you use it in a title, then it takes on a whole new life for itself. Months, dates, Holidays and seasons. We always capitalize months, days, and holidays. But we do not capitalize the seasons. Winter, summer, spring, and fall. Unless they are personified or used in promotional materials. If we say we're going to have a fall festival, yes. If we say we're going to have a summer sale, yes. But if I say my favorite season is spring, I don't capitalize it. Nouns with numbers or letters, capitalize a noun followed by a number or letter showing that it is part of a sequence, except for the nouns line, page, paragraph, size, note, step, and verse. Okay, do I think y'all are going to remember that? No, that's the reason I wanted you to have these notes, because I hope when you see that, though, that you will go, okay, I know where I can find... Uh, what to do with that. Titles of books and art. When you write a literary or artistic title or a headline, capitalize the first and last words and all other words except a, an, the, and prepositions or conjunctions of less than four letters. Now, that is a rule change from many years ago. Okay? Um, so, what really throws my computer in a tailspin is when I capitalize with, but it fits the rule, the new rule now. So that's the word that I want you to be aware of. It has four letters, and so it fits within the rule and is capitalized. But your computer doesn't like that at all. 
capitalize the at the beginning of a title only if it is part of the official title. Titles of office. Capitalize each title when it precedes a name. But if the title follows a name or is used in place of a name, use small letters. I just gave you some examples there. If we say Professor Alvarez, we capitalize Professor. If I say Mayor Jones, we capitalize Mayor. If I say Judge Wade, I capitalize Judge. But if I just refer to the Professor or the Judge or Mr. Jones, who is the Mayor, then I do not capitalize those words. Always capitalize the titles of high-ranking government or religious officials, the President of the United States, the Queen, the Pope, so forth. And here's where I get into trouble. Minister, preacher, priest, and evangelist are vocational titles or labels, I'm sorry, vocational labels. You do not use them before a clergyman's name as a title. And you do not capitalize them. Pastor, bishop, pope, deacon, and brother are position titles and should be capitalized only when used before the individual's name. If I say Deacon John Jones, I'm going to capitalize it. But if I say John Jones a deacon, I am not. If I say we have an excellent deacon ministry in our church, I am not going to capitalize it. I want to give you an example of what we're talking about here. When, uh, when uh, Nathan Deal was running for governor, I got this beautiful, beautiful brochure in the mail. Very well done, the graphic and all that kind of type, type thing. But here's what was wrong with this. And, and he paid probably thousands of dollars to get this done, and it just hurt me, you know, that it was incorrect. He is an army captain, a judge, and a prosecutor. Now, army is capitalized because our military it has the honor and the prestige of Navy, <coughs> Army, uh, uh, Air Force, all those are capitalized. But being a captain does not warrant having a capital C. He is an army lowercase captain. He is, a, he, he was a judge, lowercase, and he was a prosecutor, lowercase. He wasn't the only judge in the world, and he wasn't the only prosecutor in the world. So uh, that's just incorrect. Those are the type of things that I want y'all to be aware of. Now, let me tell you that several years ago, I was teaching writing in uh, South Carolina, and I have a very good friend who is a ministry assistant, or she's retired now, but she was sitting on the front row, and she raised her hand, and she said, in the whole scheme of life, how important is what you are teaching? And I was real proud of myself that she's still my friend. <laughs> but I said, in the whole scheme, I want y'all to understand, just like I wanted her and those other women to understand. In the whole scheme of life, making this mistake is nothing. But in the scheme of your profession, it's very important, and that's why, because my goal is to help you be seen, first of all, to be and to be seen as a professional. And these are the things that make you stand out from a non-professional. That's just, that's just the way it is. Okay, so words referring to deity. Capitalize names of God and nouns used to refer to God. And I just gave you a list of several, but there are more out there. Capitalize adjectives used with a name for God only when the adjective is part of the name. The list of examples is not exhaustive here, just as it is not in the other one. So, but these are just to give you an idea of what is and is not capitalized. Capitalize descriptive phrases used with titles for God only when the noun and the phrase 
would be capitalized on its own merit. And again, I just gave you some, some examples that you would have to see how they are done. Now, there are two schools of thought regarding capitalizing pronouns that refer to God, to Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit. Contemporary writers and scholars do not capitalize, okay? However, many writers do still prefer to capitalize pronouns referring to the deity. Use the style that is preferred by your pastoral staff, okay? If you have a pastor who wants to go with the contemporary, then, you know, don't argue with him about your preference or anything else. Go with his style. The key is, is to be consistent. Use that style with everything you do. Uh, always remember, though, that the Holy Spirit is He and not it. Never refer to it as, never refer to Him as it. I almost did it myself. Now, here's the old school. The old school that pronouns referring to God and to Jesus and that are always capitalized. I'm old school because I just think he's earned that right myself. But if I had a pastor that was contemporary, I would just have to say, okay. And I'd walk away and probably say, you're wrong, but anyway. No, I would say, did I do that? Oh, I messed it again. But just so that you understand that that's, this is, the new, this is one of the new rules that has changed. Lowercase most derivatives referring to deity, whether nouns or adjectives. Again, I just gave you some, some examples. I'm moving along pretty fast. I have a lot to give y'all in a short time to give it to you in. But if you have questions, ask. Prepositions. To write well, you need to use prepositions correctly. Omit unnecessary prepositions which add nothing to the meaning especially the word of. Now, I don't know how many of you were born and raised in the South, but Denise and I definitely were. We've already let that be known. And so, in the South, we put everything on top of, <laughs> or beside of, or, I mean, that's just how we do it. Well, it's okay to talk that way. Don't write that way, okay? I, uh, when I became the senior staff meet, uh, member several years ago, got a little pastor right out of seminary, and the first letter that he wanted me to type up for him, he wrote it out and gave it to me, and he was from South Georgia, and uh, so I changed it, you know. I mean, I said the same thing, but I wrote it professionally, and I put it back on his desk, and uh, when he came back in the office to sign it and everything, he called me in his office, and he said, Sandra? This, I don't, I don't know about this letter. This is not what I wrote. And I said, yes, it is. And he said, no, it's not. I don't talk like this. And I said, no, you talk. I know how you talk, but this is how you write. And bless his heart, he never, got, he never said another word. He just let me redo all this stuff. But a lot of the things we say verbally, we don't need to put it in writing that way. That's what I'm trying to get across to you, so... We can get by with it saying it. We can't get by with it writing it. Do not confuse prepositional phrases with the subjects of sentences. A prepositional phrase contains a preposition and its object. The object of a preposition cannot be the subject of a sentence. So to find the subject, cross out any prepositional phrases. That's when you see, when you see sentences like what I put in there, a set of instructions comes with every printer, your first thought is, is that that is incorrect. But uh, instructions is not the subject of the sentence. What is the subject of the sentence? Set. Set. And so it requires a singular verb. And so those are the things that you want to be aware of. Punctuation. Punctuation marks are the mechanical means for making the meaning of a sentence easily understood. 
They indicate the proper relationships between words, phrases, and clauses when word order alone is not sufficient to make these relationships clear. Now, this is what bothers me the most about uh, email and texting. We leave out uh, our punctuation. And uh, folks, if you don't punctuate it, when you send it to me, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to read it the way I want to read it. You see what I'm saying? And it might not be what you meant for me to, you meant to tell me. So if you don't put that punctuation in there, this might turn out a whole different way from the way you thought you were going to do it. Uh, several years ago, my husband, my husband was a print high school principal for over 30 years, and several years ago, he sent me um, an email that he's he's not confrontational. He tells me I am aggressively confrontational. I am assertively confrontational, but we have that discussion off and on. But at any rate, he sends he sent it. He called me and he said, "I just got this email from one of the coaches." And I just don't, I can't decide what he's trying to tell me. And I said, well, why don't you just send an email back? Why don't you just reply and tell him you can't, you don't understand what he's talking about? Well, I wouldn't want to say that. Well, okay, so what are you wanting me to do? I want to send it to you and you tell me what he's trying to say. <laughs> okay, send it to me. And so he sent it to me and I read it and I said, well, I think he's trying to set up the schedule for using the gym and, and the football field and all that stuff for the school year. But I wouldn't promise you that because I can't make heads or tails of this. He said, well, what do I do? And I said, I told you what to do, but you, you write him back and this is what you say. I think you're wanting to reserve some places for your teams. And if you want that to happen, you better punctuate. And he did it, and then he called me back about an hour or two later, and he said, I just got this beautiful email from the coach, and I know everything he wants. I said, it works every time. <laughs> it works every time. Uh, if you put the punctuation in, you know what they want. Use an apostrophe to indicate possession. When I say these are Sandra's handouts, I'm going to use a, an apostrophe S. Sometimes showing possession and using an apostrophe can be confusing. So if you're unsure about using an apostrophe, substitute an of phrase. Deacon's meeting could be phrased meeting of deacons. So what do we do? We, do, we use an apostrophe there, okay? Um, those are the type of things that I'm wanting you to realize. But notice one thing about the deacons meeting that I put in there. Where did the apostrophe go? After the S. After the S. If I put it between the N and the S, what does it mean? One deacon. One deacon. Well, we're going to hope that there's going to be more than that there. Teachers meeting uses the same principle. Ladies room would not require an apostrophe because you would not say a room of ladies. That's not what that means. So you would not put an apostrophe there. Just some examples here. See the card? Only one deacon. That's the type of thing I'm trying to tell you. I'm going to show you some more later. It gets worse. If you are making a word plural and possessive, always make it plural first. Make it plural first and then possessive. And I just showed you that with the word churches on your handout. If forming the possessive of a singular noun that ends in an S sound, let the pronunciation of the word guide you. If a new syllable is formed, add an apostrophe plus S. I just gave you some examples there. 
uh, boss's approval, coach's instructions, dresses him, Dallas's weather, witness's testimony, Mrs. Marsh's daughter. If the extra syllable makes the word hard to pronounce, add the apostrophe only. I don't want to say the twins' outfits. It's the twins' outfits. New Orleans is his food. That doesn't work. Uh, and here's the biggie that I want y'all to be aware of. Neither does Jesus's. Okay? It's Jesus apostrophe. Don't add the S. Uh, and then I just, Moses is the same way, Judas is the same way. Always be sure you are expressing the correct possessive, singular or plural. Now, I gave you an example there. The pastor's wife will be the speaker. What does that indicate? One pastor. That a pastor's wife is speaking. If I say be sure to attend the pastor's wife's luncheon while at the convention, the way it is there, what does it say? Multiple wives. Okay. Just for an example of how easy it is to make these mistakes, I was out at Discipleship Week at Glorietta a few years back, and I'm walking down one of the hallways there to go get go to my classroom and everything, and I saw this huge, beautiful poster on the wall, and it says, Pastor's Wives Luncheon and gave the date, whatever. P-A-S-T-O-R apostrophe S. Well, I said to myself, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just not going to say it. Well, I went on down that hallway, and they had those past, they had those posters all the way down the hallway. I just couldn't get to my classroom. I just walked to the office, and I said, y'all, I just have to tell you something. Your posters indicate that y'all got a pastor here with a whole lot of wives. <laughs> and they went, what? And I said, can you just walk out here and look at this for a minute? And I hated it, but I hated for that to go up. I would have much rather that it had been me telling them than for a pastor to have brought that up there. But the next morning, it was all up there nice and well. But these are the type of things I want you to be aware of. Uh, and why I spend this kind of time. To mark omissions and contractions and dates, we use an apostrophe, like can't, won't, he's. And the summer of 42, <coughs> but I want you to notice something about when we take out 19, what, what kind of apostrophe is it going to put in? It's going to put this apostrophe. That's the wrong apostrophe. To, to make an omission, it's this apostrophe. And so you've got to play around with that. You've got to fool your computer or it's going to do that to you. So I just always put apostrophe 1942. Or wait a minute. I put an apostrophe 19, another apostrophe 42, and then I go and take out 9-1 and the first apostrophe. So it's but those are the things that I want you to, to notice and be aware of um, that your computer can sometimes be your worst enemy. When using irregular plural nouns, one that does not end in S, you will use an apostrophe S. That's the reason we put children's worship, women's restroom, Baptist men's day, Baptist women's meeting, men's restroom, children's corner, those type things. Those are irregular plurals. Do not use an apostrophe when using possessive pronouns. Yours, his, hers, its, ours, and theirs. Okay, so here we go. Not one day, as a matter of fact, I've already sent two to my house that I have seen this week in Mississippi somewhere, somehow. It's is the number one culprit. Don't let it be found incorrect in anything you print. This was on a PowerPoint at a church. I embarrass my husband. I keep my I keep my phone with me everywhere I am because <laughs> all you women want examples of what I'm talking about. And so I have to get examples when I see them. 
Sin has lost, it is power. Death has lost, it is steam. That's what that means. Right. Okay? You need to be aware of that. Now, I didn't know if that was a ministry assistance mistake, or an IT's mistake, or a sound text mistake, or if they printed this out of a, you know, the online stuff you can get, and it was that mistake, but it was a mistake. I got this beautiful thank you card. They paid great money for it. Oops. There it is. You know, this is a car company, a major car company. I got a new computer. And what do they do? One time they've got it right. Right here. This time it's wrong. Okay? It's a common mistake, but I want y'all to not make it. Just because it's a common mistake, you rise above that. Do not. So, if you're typing it's and you can't remember, ask yourself, are you saying it is? If you're not saying it is, don't put that apostrophe in there. Okay? Comma. The comma has two primary functions. It sets off non-essential expressions that interrupt the flow of thought from subject to verb to object or complement, and it separates elements within a sentence to clarify their relationship to one another. Two commas are typically needed to set off, but only a single comma is needed to separate. The comma indicates a pause. Now, years ago, they said, the English folks, scholars or whatever, said, we don't need that comma anymore. So quit using that comma. Well, somewhere through the years, they changed their mind, and now they put the comma, telling us to put the comma back in. And that's what makes you pause when you are reading. How many of you read something, and you have to go back and reread it because you just kept right on going, and none of it made any sense? And so you had to come back and put the comma in yourself, reading it, for it to make sense. That's the type of thing I'm talking about. So use a comma, number one, to separate three or more items in a series, unless all the items are joined by and or or. So if I say Frank serves stew, comma, bread, comma, and dessert, that's the correct way to do it. Okay? I had a ministry assistant several years ago that said, please keep teaching that because I used to work in, a, in an attorney's office. And I want to tell you how important that comma is, and I want you to share that with ministry assistants. So I told her I would, and I have been since. Legally, if I say in my last will and testament, I leave all my earthly possessions to uh, Gina, comma, Denise, comma, and um, Jackie, comma, and well, comma and Jackie. What I'm saying is, is that I want these ladies to get a third, each of them to get a third of what I have left. But if I say I leave all of my possessions to Gina, comma. Denise and Jackie, then Gina's going to get 50% and Denise and Jackie are going to share 50%. I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how important a comma is, okay? Use uh, the exception for commas is, is that if the items in a series contain internal commas, you separate the series with semicolons for clarity. So if I say, each week Frank serves stew, comma, bread, comma, and cookies, semicolon, sandwiches, comma, fruit, comma, and cake, semicolon, or tacos, comma, salad, comma, and sherbet, what am I saying? Three different meals. Frank has three different menus, okay? But if I leave out the semicolons, what am I saying? He serves all of them every time. So you want to make it clear there. Use two commas to set off the year when it follows the month and day. And I just gave you an example. 
omit commas when only the month and the year are given. And again, there's an example there. When an expression is essential to the completeness of the sentence, do not set it off. So if I say the NASBS president, Amy Boff, called the meeting to order, I don't need commas there. That is a change from years ago where we always set off people's name. Anybody remember that one? Mm -hmm. We don't do that anymore if their name completes the thought of the sentence. Amy Bob completes the thought of the sentence. I'm telling you that that's who the president is, okay? So if I said my husband Roger, I'm going to not set his name off because I'm telling you who Roger is. Okay, it's the completeness of the sentence. But if it really doesn't have anything to do to complete the sentence, then you're going to put commas around. Dash. Dashes can be used to set off non-essential as well as essential elements in a sentence. Remember that dashes emphasize. Now, if you are using word processing software, you will, and of course you are, you will very likely have access to a special character called an M-dash. Uh, and you also have the N-dash. And I've got all of that written out there, but I want to just take a minute to kind of show you what I'm talking about here. About N-dash, y'all know about N-dashes and M-dashes? Is that new? It's, it's new to a lot of people. Uh, an N-dash, is always the width of an N, that's the reason it's called an N, in any font you use. And so an N dash, let's just say this is a hyphen up here, and I'm going an N dash would be something like that. Okay, now an N dash is used when we want to show completion or um, from to that type of thing. You know, if we say chapter 11 through uh, chapter 16 or May through June, we're going to use an N dash. Okay. Now, that's not automatically in your computer. There's nothing on there that says it's an N dash. So you, you, you have to do one of two things. You either have to hotkey it or you have to go to the characters and put it in. Well, there's an easier way to do that that I want to tell you about. If you want an N dash, it is the last letter of your word, and I should use a different letter. The last letter of a word, space, hyphen, hyphen, space, first letter of the next word. Okay? And your computer goes, oh, she wants an in-dash. And it will collect, connect it and make an in-dash. And it works real easy. Now, if you miss anything in there, you've got to go back and start the whole system over again. But you'll get used to what you have to do. Okay? And M dash is always the width of a an, I guess I should say an, M. That's the reason it's called an M dash. And so it is a little longer than an M dash. So if you want to an M dash, let me tell you first why when an M dash is used. An M dash is used for a greater emphasis. Instead of putting a comma, you might want to put an M dash because it's a little more emphasis than the comma. Okay? That's when we use M dashes. Okay, how do you make that work on your computer? Last letter of the word, hyphen, hyphen, first letter of the next word. And your computer goes, oh, she wants an M dash. And puts an M dash in. Okay? It's just how simple it is. Does it always, does it work on the end dash if you don't have the second space? No. It does not work. Okay. And it, you, you've got to do it in the order or you'll have to start all over again. Okay. What you will get is, is two hyphens. Just what you put in. Without the second space. Without the second okay. space. Now, Never, I know we're not supposed to use that word, but never, 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 never. Did y'all hear me? Never. Never let anybody see anything in print that you do with two hyphens. That's an automatic, you know, why 
don't you know, and then dash does. Now, you may say, who's going to notice that? It doesn't matter who notices it. It is, it marks you as a professional, okay? And so that gets me to never use a hyphen to represent an N or M dash. The ellipsis. Ah, these drive me crazy. An ellipsis is three periods with a space before and after each one. That's not an ellipsis, folks. I, you know what that is? It's just periods. It doesn't mean anything. It has no value to anything you are doing. Don't just make a bunch of dots, okay? It is three periods, a space before and after each one. Space, period, space, period, space, period, space. Now, if you're showing that you're leaving out something in writing and it ended with a period, you're going to put a fourth period. And that is the only time that you will ever see more than three periods. Okay? And that will be a rare occasion. Okay, let's see. Where am I now? Now, my software does the ellipse without the spaces. If you just put three dots, it converts it to an ellipse. That's it. That's it for you. Good. That's great. Okay, parentheses. Parentheses like dashes are used to set off elements. However, parentheses can only set off non-essential elements. And they de-emphasize. Remember the difference between dashes and parentheses is dashes emphasize, parentheses de-emphasize. So you won't, don't want to put something in parentheses if it's meant to uh, get somebody's attention. And I just, um, well, let me go on and finish my thought first and I'll show you the, the example. Do not capitalize the first word of the item in parentheses. Even if the item is a complete sentence, unless, where am I? Oh, okay, I haven't got there yet. Do not capitalize the first word of the item in parentheses, even if the item is a complete sentence, unless the first word is a proper noun or adjective, or is the pronoun I, or the first word of a quoted sentence. Do not use a period before the closing parenthesis, except with an abbreviation. So, Here's what I'm saying. Here's the example. You can stop at my house, and then I have this thought. Oh, okay. We have a spare bedroom, just so you know. Not important to what I'm telling you, because I'm telling you stop at the house anyway. But I'm just wanting to reassure you that I have a spare bedroom for you. I'm not going to put you on the sofa. And so I put that in there. No, no, no capitals, no periods. Okay, if a parenthetical statement is treated as a separate sentence, the previous rules do not apply. The sentence within the parenthesis is written and punctuated as if it is not enclosed in parentheses, and no outside punctuation is used. So if I said, you can stay at my house when you're in town next week, and then I have the thought, we have a spare bedroom, and I add that at the end of the sentence, then I do capitalize and put in the period. It's still not emphasized. That was close. Alright. Periods. Don't use a period after contractions. These are the new rules. If you put a contraction like continued, you don't put a period after the D. But, in general, folks, use abbreviations rather than contractions for words like these. You can look them up in, in a reference manual. Continued it really is supposed to be C-O-N-T period, not C-O-N apostrophe D, okay? Periods, not, no periods after Roman numerals except in an outline. 
are after ordinals expressed in figures. Now see, that's the difference. We don't use periods after uh, our ordinals. But the other thing I want you to notice that's new is, do you see second and third? How did they used to be? RD. RD or ND. No more. It's just the Ds. Okay, quotation marks. Quotation marks have three main functions. To indicate the use of someone else's exact words, to set off words and phrases for special emphasis, and to display the titles of literary and artistic works. When only a word or phrase is quoted from another source, be sure to place the quotation marks only around the words extracted from the original source and not around any rearrangement of the words. Be very careful about that because otherwise you're quoting them as saying something they did not say. The following rules apply to punctuation within and following quotation marks. Periods and commas fall within quotation marks. Always, always, always. Okay, if you need to highlight that, they're always within quotation marks, no matter where those, what those quotation marks are marking. Colons and semicolons fall outside quotation marks. Question marks, exclamation points, and dashes fall within when they are part of the quoted matter only. They fall outside when they are part of the whole sentence. So you have to give a little more thought to those. A quotation within another quotation is enclosed in single quotation marks. When single and double quotation marks occur together, you insert a space between the two marks. Yes, I know it looks strange, but it also looks strange to have three quote, uh, apostrophes too. So uh, I try to never have to do that if I can help it. Using quotation marks with titles of literary and artistic works, you use quotation marks around the titles that represent only part of a complete published work. For example, the titles of chapters, lessons, topics, sections, and parts within a book, the titles of articles and feature columns in newspapers and magazines, and the titles of essays, short poems, lectures, sermons, and conference themes. Note that you italicize or underline titles of complete published works. Use quotation marks around the titles of complete but unpublished works, such as manuscripts, dissertations, and reports. Use quotation marks around the titles of songs and other short musical compositions. 